dad was a grumpy German, and he uh, he looked like it all the time. And he, we could never get him to talk about his life until I got a little bit older and figured out that after his first Paps Blue Ribbon, he became a cheery German and really began to talk. And after his second PBR, we got all the goods on his, on his childhood and, and on his life. Dad grew up in a, in a really poor, uh, on a really poor farm in, in southern Minnesota. And uh, initially uh, began as a uh, carpenter's apprentice, but entered the Air Force and, and was stationed in Germany for four years uh, during the Cold War as a, as a radio operator. And uh, coming out of the Air Force, he ended up getting, getting work with, I don't know if you remember, North Central Airlines. Well, that goes way back. Um, he worked for the airlines for, gosh, I mean, his whole life, his whole life. In his whole life, he uh, threw baggage and cleaned airplanes and did air freight, and that's it, his whole life. We grew up, of course, my sister and I, in a fairly modest, you know, existence, but we always had enough. And, you know, of course, as, as the years went by, dad, dad's salary increased, and so we had, we had more. This is just kind of how it works. But dad was one of those guys who never called in sick. And, but when I say never, I mean, they would give a free ticket, two free tickets anywhere they flew in the world every year. And he would get that just about every year because he just wouldn't call in sick. He just wouldn't do it. I remember as he got a little bit older, we had to have, I think I've said this before, we had to have, there's like a family meeting. Okay. Dad's calling in sick tomorrow. <laughs> it was like a momentous thing. Like it was a big, he's what? He's calling in sick. And then, you know, dad would go to work. He worked at difficult uh, conditions. And I mean, he was largely stationed in Minneapolis and Phoenix. I was like, dad, did you ever think maybe there was a, a better sort of environment where there'd be some nice weather? Always the extremes, but... So then dad had come home and he'd re-roof the house or he'd, he'd install a, a new sprinkler system in the front or he just was always working. He was fixing a car. He was uh, redoing a, uh, the kitchen or the, you know, just, it just goes on and on and on. And if you asked him, it's been eight years now since he died, but if you asked him, why are you doing it? Why are you doing all this? It's because of his love for his family and, and for what he had. It's because of his deep love. He didn't have to do all of that he did. He could have done plenty of things. There was a time, I, I don't know if I remember told this story. You're going to hear it a million times, you know, the longer I'm here. So um, one Christmas, I think it was like, I was still in high school. And, you know, they, the airlines, they, they hired some extra help for the for the increased traffic during the holidays. And he's like, hey, you want to come out and earn some money? And I was like, sure. So I worked with him for like two weeks. And I thought, wow, extra money is great. 25 years later, we were talking about that. I'm like, yeah, do you remember when I came out and 
you know, worked with you? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, you know why I did that? And I said, no. He said, because I didn't want you to sell yourself short. I wanted you to, knew, to know what that kind of life was like because I didn't want you to have it. I wanted you to have something better. I wanted you to go to school and, you know, I wanted you to, to, to work hard to do better than I did. I thought, oh my gosh, when I was 20, my dad was the dumbest guy in the world. And now that I'm like 35, he's, he's like brilliant. It was amazing how much smarter he's gotten over time. Even in death, he, his, his intellect continues to increase. He did all this, though, for us. I know he did. Not out of obligation. And never to, you know, I mean, there's, there's always personal personality stuff, but never to lord it over it over us or to coerce us in any kind of way, like, look at all I'm doing for you. Or He loved us. He loved his family. He loved his home. He loved to improve his home. He, he did it out of love. When I was little, theoretically, there was a time that I was little, It seems so strange to me that this day was called Good Friday. You know, and going, I went to Catholic school uh, the whole time, and um, so I was immersed. You know, when you go to Catholic school, you just sort of get soaked in it. You don't necessarily learn everything, but you just get soaked in the, the Catholic uh, ethos, and it just permeates you, kind of like the incense we used last night. I went home, and I, it's like I'd been to a smokehouse. You know, it just permeates you as, as a Catholic. It's just in you. It's just a part of you. And so uh, why Good Friday? Because it seems like people treat Good Friday like Sad Friday. But the church doesn't call it Sad Friday. They call it Good Friday. Jesus did not tell us okay, I had to become man because you messed up, because you're a bunch of sinners. Look what I had to do for you. But I'm going to do it, and, you know, you better feel guilty about it. Now, that sounds like a Catholic thing to do. <laughs> but it's not what he did. That's not how he conveyed his message of sacrifice. Sacrifice is something that is done purely out of love and for the good of another. It's not done to get anything back in return. Sacrifice is something that goes out, that gives up something within the self so that there can be a greater goodness in the other. And the reason why this is, of course, Good Friday is because the greatest thing to ever have happened in human history happens today happened on this day that we commemorate, which is that the chains of death and sin are broken. And not by a vengeful God, not by a God who wants us to feel guilty for it, like a God, uh, I remember my dad bought me a bike, back to my dad. You're going to know more about my dad than anybody ever. 
he bought me a bike one time and I was riding it and it, it just, you know, and I just went head over the heels and, and, uh, typical of my dad seeing pain, he laughed and, uh, got out the hydrogen peroxide and started in and, you know, when your son falls, you just help him up. You just heal him. You, you just fix him. You know, and your son might feel bad that he failed, but as a father, you just, it's okay. It's all right. This happens. I knew this would happen. You're a kid. I'm your dad. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to heal you. And this is how our God is. He knows. Yeah, of course you're going to fail. Of course you're going to fall short. I knew that. I knew that before I created you. None of this is a surprise to me. I became man so that you might know that salvation comes through my love for you, through what I'm giving up for you. And I don't want you to hold on to that as a sad Friday. I want you to hold on to that as good Friday because I have come for you out of a depth and immensity of love that you cannot even fathom. And so while there's a soberness uh, and solemnity in this day, there has to be a joy also. Just a deep gratitude that we who deserve nothing from him were found worthy that he would come down and heal us.